0: news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5.
1: Welcome to Bayou Sports here on uh, a big Monday, August the 22nd, and uh, a lot going on. uh, Football fans, Uh, you must be excited. Second week of uh, professional exhibition season, and uh, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the Saints this morning. Uh, have a high school coach coming on around seven thirty. Is uh, head football coach Ryan Antoine of the Westgate Tigers will be on uh, to talk about uh, I guess things over the weekend? I think they scrimmaged uh, last Friday.
2: That was the goal. I don't know. I'm well, trying to remember. The weather. We have bad weather Friday. Uh, it rained. I, think I had to make a uh, trip yeah. to the tower on Friday. Yeah, I yeah. think you
1: did. And it's been uh, it's been. Uh, surprisingly, uh, where I am, uh, there was no rain uh, <laughs> yesterday, believe it or not. Weather was kind of cool considering the 90 degree heat. Uh, elsewhere, yeah, the Saints even released a couple players over the weekend uh, and uh, they look to release uh, some more. Michael Thomas is dealing with a hamstring. Here we go. Mm-hmm. James Winston, uh, uh, seven on seven drills, uh, full team work this week, so good sign. But uh, boy, Ian Book still uh, still the deer in headlights. Uh, Jeff, uh, I don't know if you watched the game. Some uh, Friday night, uh, he made a couple of nice plays. But uh, all in all, uh, the Saints uh, get beat up by the Packers, twenty to ten. Missed a field goal. Uh, had a couple opportunities. Uh, Andy Dalton, you know, what more can you say? He he's going to be a fine backup for the Saints and need to be uh, if injuries to uh, Winston. I think he's uh, going to be all right.
2: Yeah, again, uh, no reason. Everything he's done for the Saints, um, we've been pleased with uh, when he came in for Drew Brees in his first year with the Saints, and last year, uh, his first seven games, 5-2. and two, Surprising uh, victory against the Packers, uh, and uh, again, one tough loss, I think, in there, if it wasn't Washington, maybe. Uh, but, but anyway, yeah. but for the most part, uh, he has played well as a New Orleans Saints when healthy.
1: Yeah, he has. And, uh, of course, Ian Book, uh, some highs, some lows in the full game against the Packers. uh, uh, Those
2: Notre Dame quarterbacks rarely pan out. Joe Montana was the big (laughs) exception there. That's
1: right. And And, and I'm
2: sure there's been a few, but but still, overall, they've been pretty disappointing in the NFL.
1: And, you know, the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, Ian Book. Yeah. Of course, when you're playing 12 games, 13 games a year, you tend to have more victories, but... uh, I like to see the percentages when they talk about that. So uh but anyway, uh Ian Book um uh, trying to pull up the stats on him right now, but uh, you know, he had a, he's had a pretty good camp from all indications from what I'm hearing with regards to the uh, Saints media outlets and all, but uh in the meantime uh just struggling in that regard uh with uh w- with the game, uh, you know, again fumbled a snap. Uh I'm trying to recall if he threw an interception in the game uh, in that regard, uh, but he he just – it seems like he's just uh, having a hard time with that. And uh, let's see, pulling up the stats of the game now. He was 16 out of 28 for 113 yards and a touchdown uh, to uh, uh, the Saints' uh, rookie, rookie wide receiver, Chris Olive, Olive, Olive. Uh In the meantime, uh, the defense, I, I, I still think, played pretty well considering. Jordan Love looked pretty good for the Packers' uh, uh, Friday night, uh, and their 20-10 to 10 loss to uh, uh, the Saints lose to the Packers. But in the meantime, um, Saints' running game looked okay. Uh, of course, Ian Book was a leading rusher, seven attempts for uh, 49 yards. He had a couple uh, long runs in there, but uh, uh, um, we'll talk about cuts later. But uh, How
2: about the punter? Yeah, 81 yards. Yeah, and then... Uh just a random drug test. He he didn't think it was so (laughs) random. He thought, uh, yeah, you nail an 81-yarder, and all of a sudden they think something's up.
1: Well, I'd have checked the ball for helium more than uh, I'd have checked his uh, his leg for uh, HGH. But in the meantime, the Saints... uh, uh, it's exhibition season folks you can't take these games strong they're looking for what kids can do uh want to see who can make that 53 man roster and uh that's going to all come into play in the next few weeks with uh the saints uh taking on uh i think the chargers this friday night at home and uh over in the superdome uh as we know right now i think the chargers uh are going to come into this game uh i'm pretty sure it's a favorite uh Let's see what we have here. Uh nothing yet in a line. I hadn't seen a no hadn't seen anything yet. Uh but in the meantime, um, Saints uh get to play a home game and won't have to travel. And then they're gonna take a week off and uh they'll get ready for the first regular season game uh for the Saints when they take on the uh vaunted Falcons. <laughs> it's the first game and the Saints will travel to Atlanta for that first opening game uh, weekend on, uh, of all things, September 11th, too, Jeff.
2: Yeah, again, uh, there is that week off between the third preseason game and the first regular season game, so uh, one week of uh, a void. But then college kind of filled that void.
1: Yeah, college will fill that void. uh, It's going to ramp up uh, this coming weekend as uh, all kind of games get underway uh, I guess the headline game uh, for Tiger fans is going to be uh, how Florida State does against Duquesne. Uh, I'm looking for Florida State to pretty much name the score in that game. Uh, don't see any type of betting line on that right now. But uh, Duquesne, uh, not considered a powerhouse, uh, even in one double-A. So uh, the Tiger fans will be watching Florida State in that game. Also, uh, Saturday uh I'm trying to look for if there are any interesting games at all, Jeff, but they don't begin until uh, Thursday uh, when West Virginia takes on Pittsburgh, uh, the first of a couple big games, and also Oklahoma State taking on Central Michigan. Uh, I'm trying to see if Wake Forest taking on VMI. That should be uh, an easy game for Wake Forest. And then um, any other games? Uh, La Tech opens up against Missouri that third next. I should say September 1st. was going to be a week night. from Thursday. Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, uh, also, Penn State and Purdue. That's a pretty interesting matchup there. We'll see what uh, Purdue has. Penn State always uh, pretty much a, a good football team. They've had the issues in the past 10, 15 years. Uh, elsewhere, uh, got, got a whole host of games Friday night, too, uh, in college football as the season kicks off. Then they kick off uh, Saturday, the third Uh, With uh, many games, of course, a lot of the majors playing uh, a lot of cupcakes uh, to get their season going. But uh, Georgia takes on Oregon. Uh, That'll be an interesting game. That game's over in Atlanta, so uh, not necessarily in Athens.
2: So other games? Not exactly neutral territory, but still a Uh, little bit. There'll be
1: more red than uh, yellow, that's for sure. Elsewhere, Cincinnati uh, journeys to Arkansas. In another game, they'll go to Fayetteville. Uh, Arkansas is a seven-point pick over the uh, Bearcats. Uh, elsewhere, any other uh, big games on that weekend? I'm trying to look and see uh, nothing of uh, uh, where top-notch teams going against each other. Uh, like I said, a lot of Florida and Utah, that's a Saturday game at 6 o'clock. That should be interesting. Uh, Utah comes in seventh-ranked in the country. Meanwhile, Florida, uh, unranked. Of course, head coach, uh uh, Billy Napier. Uh, we'll see what his uh, Gators can do in his first game as a, a, a head coach at Florida in Gainesville. So, uh, pretty interesting stuff, too, Jeff, for college football.
2: Uh, anyway, locally, the, uh, looks like the white smoke has uh, emerged from UL's football complex.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. They've named a the starting quarterback, I do believe.
2: They haven't uh, officially uh, named him, but uh, everybody is. Uh, saying it's Chandler Fields.
1: That's, the, that's what's coming out right now, but uh, Coach Desmo said that, Mike Desmo said he'd like to sit down with the two young men who were competing for that starter's job and uh, explain to them maybe why he chose one over the other, which probably is a good way to do it, And but the rumor is circulating that Fields, uh, the rumble product out of New Orleans or Metairie, uh, should be the starting quarterback for the Cajuns when they crank it up uh, for their first game in the next, uh, what, 10 days to two weeks. So, uh, Yeah,
2: Coach Desermo said uh, Chandler Fields took the scrimmages, uh, first series of quarterback, but uh, don't read anything into that uh, rotation. Uh, but again, uh, you know, it just seems to be ev- everything I've heard um, is that uh, Fields is the guy, a uh, sophomore, and a little more time to work with him.
1: Yeah, that's right, and it looks like uh, that's what it's going to be right now course, Chandler Fields played a little bit uh, over the past few years in some mop-up duty with the uh, Cajuns beating uh, opponents and coming in for uh, uh, the former quarterback. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, the Cajuns, uh, uh, first time in four years to be out without Coach Billy Napier. They're going to take on Southeastern uh, out of Hammond and uh, New Iberian native for Frank Selfo, the, First two times, I think uh, New Iberia head football coaches in college football. Yeah, Ga- so. got
2: to be a, a historic moment. Yeah,
1: that's right. So uh, New Iberia natives uh, going against each other in college football. So it should be pretty interesting. Of course uh, Frank Selfo with the Southeastern Alliance and Louisiana's uh, Raging Cajuns at uh, Cajun Field uh, hey, September. W-
2: w- would you remember what Frank was doing? You know, the year Mike would have been a freshman at UL and. <laughs> If he scouted him, he, he certainly—they did.
1: They, I know. He and his brother Chris, when Mike was uh, coming out of Cathay, uh, they, they watched Mike uh, uh, most certainly, and uh, I think Mike had a little attention for them too, just because of their new Iberian natives yeah. and know each other.
2: Yeah, at Southland Media Days, I talked to Coach Salfo about that matchup and the idea that it was at UL, and you know, he, he certainly did say that he was familiar with Mike. As, as oh, they knew a each other. I just wasn't sure. I, I didn't ask that question. Did you scout him? But uh, he did talk about being familiar
1: with Oh, him. they know each other, and I think he did. Uh, uh, some things I know mm-hmm. that uh, not, won't air, but uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, Mike heads over to UL and comes one of the most prolific quarterbacks in Raging Cajun history. Uh, back in the day, I want to say Mike's last year was in – Oh seven, maybe uh oh f- somewhere up in there give or take a i don't think in two. those days he had a lot to work with though oh he did he did he had one of the fine running backs out of uh catholic saint charles uh that set all kind of rushing records for the uh, cajuns on the smaller side but just a heck of a college back his name escapes me right now the young man but uh the mike uh was just prolific uh running and throwing the football and leading the cajuns on so uh now he's going to lead the Cajuns on, uh, counting on uh, Chandler Fields or Woolridge, uh, whoever comes out of that, uh, um, successfully to run the Cajuns, but I'm sure both of them are going to see some time, uh, in that regard. So, uh, just good football for the Cajuns. So, uh, to have a backup quarterback, just like the Saints with Andy Dalton. So, and, uh, going back to the Saints, uh, basically, uh, you know, the Saints have to reduce their roster to 80 players by Tuesday and, uh. They got a head start. They waved running back uh, Devine Divine, uh, Ozigbo, along with quarterback KJ Costello, who they picked up when uh, Winston had that ankle injury. But uh, more of a another practice player, kicker John Parker Romo. Uh, they did that yesterday, and they still have to release two more players to get down to eighty. Of course, uh, Ozigbo was competing with the running backs Washington Jones and Smith, along with Kamara and uh, Ingram, but. Uh, for the number three job uh, he was the second leading rusher in the preseason 15 carries 66 yards three catches for six yards and uh as for romo the kicker he spent most of the training camp with the saints and of course they released him uh, uh of course um let's a, what a 59 yard field goal i think in a game uh a friday night so uh it's good to have him back let's hope we can keep him healthy too well we don't have to go through that uh and, of course, with Costello, after Winston's injury, the Saints uh, went ahead and signed him. So, uh, But a uh, young man had a great uh, afternoon against LSU a couple years ago, but uh, didn't, uh, he didn't do much thereafter. It was just he caught LSU off guard. Anyway, uh, and since quarterback uh, Jameis Winston took part in a competitive period of practice, he got in some extensive work over the weekend on 7-7 seven and seven period in Sunday's practice. So uh, Winston, who the team has been, they bringing him along slow because of had sprained right foot. Uh, and that happened way back in August 8th, too. Uh, he completed eight out of ten attempts in the drill, fired at least one touchdown in the red zone to receiver Dijon uh, Dixon, who's a, uh, from this uh, that area. I think he played at Nickel State. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. And he also threw an interception at linebacker Demario Davis, did not participate, this is Winston now, in full team drills Sunday, but Coach uh, Allen said he could play uh, in those later on in the week, and eh, it's a good sign, Jeff, uh, with him coming along, so uh, uh, will he take a, a few snaps in the game Friday night? That'll be interesting, uh, I'm not sure. i sure how the
2: week goes uh, will tell that tale, and you know, I was talking to some people over the weekend, a little disgruntled that, um, you know, he hadn't taken any snaps, and yeah, talk about the nature of that injury, but also, you know, those were two road games. Uh, hopefully the home fans at least will be able to, yeah. the ones who have to pay the money to watch those games. Hopefully they'll at least get to see a, a little bit more of the starters.
1: Yeah, and I just got a text. Yeah, I, try, I want to say Terrell fin, Finroy was the running back Sounds for right. UL. So uh, from St. Charles Catholic, who was on the smaller side, but what a heck of a running back! I think he, he I think he is still the all-time leading rusher at UL, and also a fine. Uh, uh, pass catcher out of the backfield, t- too, for the Cajuns. So uh, we'll see what Coach Mike has uh, when he'll make that announcement. Of course, like I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, you like to sit down and talk to the two young men to keep both of them motivated, uh, whoever didn't get the job. So uh, that will all come up uh, probably in the next few days, and we'll see how that all transpire. So uh, look forward to that, Jeff, and see which else is shaking in that so. All kind of we got more football tonight, folks, if you wanna watch football. Uh I think they got uh I think the Falcons and the Jets on t- tune to for tonight. Is that the game uh uh yeah, the the Jets and the Falcons in New York. And uh again, uh both teams coming off poor years. Atlanta was seven and ten last year and the Jets were four and thirteen, of course, uh who can believe Atlanta's going to be without Matty Ice? That would be strange to see as uh, he'll be playing in Indianapolis this year. And the Jets, uh seems like they take a quarterback every other year. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it just they've never had success as Darnold has moved on to Carolina.
2: And Darnold uh, may stay in Carolina now. The injury to Matt Corral. Uh, That's right. He, uh, he, uh, he was thought that maybe... That would make Darnold uh expendable because it does seem as though baker mayfield has got the uh, number one job in carolina right now but uh, now with the injury to corral uh they may need to hold on to Darnold.
1: yeah it sure looks like it right now so uh anyway just uh an interesting weekend uh in sports uh of course uh just looking through uh quick quickly things here it says uh Looks like uh, Watson uh, might get an 11-game suspension. That's is that, done. That is, it is done. It is there, done. There
2: is, I, I saw a story last week, and maybe we can get into it. I, I know we're coming up against the break, and uh, Coach Antoine, Correct. but I did see one story where, while it seems the two sides have agreed to 11 games, 5 million uh, as a fine, that there is one more way it could become worse, and that might be with the result of the one civil case that's still looming, maybe. Okay. All right. uh, I didn't get fully into it, but I did see the headlines. So, But it does appear it's 11 games, and uh, he's done in the preseason now. They could play him if they wanted to, but they decided now that that has been settled, uh, he's done in the preseason, too.
1: Yeah, it says in between the lines, it looks like uh, the addition uh, to the fine Watson will forfeit just six hundred ninety thousand. Man, he talk like it's uh, ten dollars. You know, of his but, fully guaranteed two hundred thirty million dollars.
2: But again, that's how crafty they were in setting up that contract, knowing that the uh, suspension, if it was going to happen, was obviously going to happen bef- earlier than later. So uh, let's go ahead and make his salary not that much, so that he doesn't lose that much in salary. And levels. you know,
1: he's eligible to come back in week thirteen. Guess who they play in week thirteen? Texas.
2: Is that right?
1: Yeah, and that, uh, isn't that amazing? Anyway, but uh, pretty interesting there, Jeff, so uh, in the days to come by. Anyway, um, we probably need to go I'm ahead sure and take on.
2: interesting about that game <laughs> yeah. matchup uh, by the time it it reaches.
1: Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first break this morning. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We're going to be back with head football coach Ryan Antoine after the
3: break.
2: to answer to
0: Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240.
1: Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We're waiting for Coach Antoine to just to uh, call us back on our open line. So uh, just give us a moment. In the meantime, uh, uh, there might be coach there, so let's see if uh, we got Coach Ron Antoine on the phone.
2: Coach, uh, thanks for giving us a call back. How are you?
5: Good morning. Good morning,
2: Coach. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you got a uh, little competition with another team uh, this past week, or were you able to work it in? I know there was some uh, rough weather, uh, you know, this past week. Uh, hopefully, you were able to get the scrimmage in.
5: Yeah, yeah, we was able to get in on no wind. Oh, that's wings right. In the
2: you guys moved it up because of the rain. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, the opponent there and how you think you fared.
5: Uh, we played south side, uh, quality opponent. Uh, we played well, uh, guys, played well in some areas, and we still got some things that we need to work on. I mean, free agents and young youth around the, around the board. Uh, so for the, for the most part, guys flew around and did their job. So, you know, we was happy with it. Definitely some correctable things, and we've been working on that all week to try to get better.
2: What uh do you do between uh, the scrimmage and uh, the jamboree coming up?
5: I mean just the same thing, just preparing, preparing and just trying to make sure we put guys in the right spots, putting playing guys in certain areas and looking at different things and you know, seeing the guys that as, as seniors trying to give them guys a break and let them guys step up and just work on our leadership and just work on our effort, you know, across the board and you know, just try to get better every single time and you know, trying to make sure that we make sure that guys are doing what they need to do on and off the field right now. So we're just trying to get all that last, you know, minute stuff out of the way. So when the real season comes, we'll be ready.
1: Uh, Coach uh, Tony Landry, was that was that uh, scrimmage uh, in at Westgate, or did you journey to ord uh, or Youngsville where Southside
5: was? Oh, uh, we played at our place. I had a good crowd. I had over 1,000 people at the scrimmage. Oh, wow. is that right?
1: Good for you. Yeah. Oh and wow! Nobody,
5: nobody got hurt, so. Oh, uh, that a was my next
1: question too. Uh, that's that's always a telling uh, stat too. If you come out of that game, of course you're going to have the usual bumps and bruises. That's that's understood, but uh, no serious injuries. So your team healthy and uh, looking forward to uh, this coming week where you open up the jamboree. And remind me again, who do you taking on this week in the jamboree? Yes, sir. Uh,
5: yeah, no, no, you know, just bumps and bruises here and there whatever and you know God spare, you know, we still stay healthy. But uh yeah, we go to travel to this Saturday this Saturday at Lake Charles college prep and play them at seven PM.
1: Okay. So you got a journey to Lake Charles uh, and you said Saturday, not Friday?
5: Yes sir, we play Saturday night.
1: Oh wow. Is that is that be due to they having access to a field? Is that why maybe not a Friday night game?
5: Uh no, I mean we we all you know, we actually played in week two. Uh, the season as well, so we just um, both were trying to find, you know, a quality opponent for the Jamboree. Uh, We're not playing, you know, missing the Jamboree this year because we're playing week one. So, uh, you know, just trying to find opponents to play. They really couldn't find nobody, either could we. So, we just figured, okay, let's just get on a Saturday night and, you know, go out there and try to scout some teams on Friday.
2: All right. Yeah, it it didn't surprise me that that, uh, your scrimmage would be at your place because uh, Southside doesn't have their own home field, and yeah, they're going to be playing their games at St. Martinville this season. They've been playing home games at Turlings. I wonder if you had a conversation with them and if there are plans for them to get their own stadium.
5: Uh, I think eventually that's going to happen for them, but I know, like they were, at, you know, they were at Turlings, now they'll be at St. Martinville. I mean, beautiful campus, I'm sure, you know, and that, that area is booming, you know, so I'm sure they'll have their, you know, a beautiful stadium coming real soon.
2: Yeah, I, I would imagine so. <laughs> But um, let's talk about your stadium, your facility. Uh, w- once again, great uh, that a thousand fans uh, have uh, showed up for scrimmage. And I asked this to Coach Martin last week because you've had your stadium now for seven, eight years, I think, and wondering how the turf is holding up and those kind of things. Well,
5: it's, it's doing well. You know, uh, you know everything's good with it. I mean, you know, our kids love it. I mean, it. We want the ball on the 32-yard line on the right hand. We can put the ball on the 32 on the right hand. And then definitely take some of those, you know, coaching worries away from us for having to paint of field And if it's raining outside, we can't go out there and get some things done. So those are the big things. Now, it does get hot. You know, when it's hot outside, you can pretty much multiply it times 10. You know, that turf is going to be burning up. But, I mean, that's when you can use the field. So it's a, definitely a great investment for the community.
2: Yeah, I, I've been saying that uh, for the improvements, uh, Delcom didn't get turf, but they got other improvements over there. Generette uh, saw some improvements in their facility, but uh, I thought that was one thing that the voters uh, supporting those taxes uh, to make those kind of improvements, uh, an investment, not just spending money. Definitely, definitely.
1: Uh, Coach, with uh, with the turf field that you have, do, do you? how often do you practice on grass? Would you go to grass when uh, you take out play a grass game that week or are you just uh constantly practicing on your field?
5: oh uh, we it vary. Like if we play a grass team, we'll you know, a team that will uh, you know has their field grass and we'll kinda of maneuver it and best especially for my kickers. I make them go kick on the grass. They they were more important for that. Uh majority of the teams are now in the state have turf. But uh like I said we'll do that and then office, if it's too hot on the turf, you know, I would train to kinda of as the mama that kind of tells us how hard it is, then we'll we'll move it to the ground. Right. So we kind of just, you know, use it that way.
1: How many kids were you able to play uh, this last week, uh, Wednesday, against Southside? Is that something that you're trying to find out what kids can contribute or you kind of have in your mind uh, who's kind of with your set lineups yet? Yes,
5: sir. Yeah, we were able to play our ones, our twos, and our threes. So that was that was big. Now, this week here, we will just play our ones and twos, and then we'll start you know, dwindling down the freshman JV games and varsity games starting once the season starts. So, we you know, we got some good film on some guys, and now we're just starting to try to do pieces, you know, where they need to go, and hopefully we put them in the right places.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, um, the schedule for JV and freshmen, now when do they play those games?
5: Uh, it varies. We, we, we try to start doing it more on Mondays. Uh, on, on our end, it, it kind of fits us better for, our, you know, our practice schedule Mondays and Tuesdays. You know, the traditional wins are kind of, you know, null and void because of so many of our guys, JV guys, play varsity now. So we try to get those guys to measure time to rest and get ready and, and get prepared in the game plan. So we try to do it now more early in the week and more coaches, I feel, are going to that. So majority of our games will be on Mondays and Tuesdays.
2: Very good. For folks uh, who might want to make the trip out to Lake Charles, uh, any uh, instructions for them or, uh, I guess, tickets available at the gate?
5: Yeah, tickets will be available at the gate will be eight dollars and they they play at um one let on, I me mean, let me I don't wanna I wanna tell you the truth, uh one second. <clears throat> Name of the the the, the address, uh one ele- 11 Avenue in Lake Charles. That's what it's that's what it's uh stating me is at the National Guard building in, in Lake Charles.
2: Oh, okay, very good. Anything uh else uh you wanna share with us uh before uh the jamboree this Saturday.
5: No, no, sir. Just pray for health insurance for our guys, and we'll be good.
2: Very good. Coach, we'll look forward to checking back with you next Monday morning. Uh, again, uh, we'll know a little bit more about your team after that, and uh, look ahead to your regular season opener against Nish. Uh, but again, good luck this Saturday night.
5: All right. Thank you so much.
2: You bet. Uh, thank you. Appreciate Coach. It, uh, Coach Ryan Antoine over at Westgate. And yeah, once again,. Um, we're getting closer. Oh, We're getting closer.
1: Definitely closer. And a lot of people wondering, who is this team? And this Louisiana College Prep team, uh, they've got some players on this oh, team, yeah, too. They, they played I well mean, last oh, year. They've, they've got some talent on this team. And uh, it's not a cakewalk for... Uh, for the uh, Tigers of Westgate. But uh, it, it'd be good competition, uh, you know, defending a uh, 4A state champ in the state of Louisiana, uh, traveling up there, and then, of course, uh, coming back the following week and taking on the Yellow Jackets over at uh, Nish's uh, Fine Stadium. So, uh, Coach Ryan Antoine, uh, and a lot of good players coming back. He lost a few. You always do. and uh, But he's got some talent on that team, Jeff. So, uh, with the uh, Westgate Tigers... Uh, uh, look for an interesting matchup, too, because just uh, trying to recall, they've got some talent on that uh, uh, team over in Lake Charles. I want to say with wide receivers and some running backs and maybe even an offensive lineman. So uh, in Louisiana, top 50 in the uh, in the state. So uh, some talent that they, he's taking on, of course. He's uh, also got some talent coming back for Westgate, too. So uh, uh, it should be an interesting matchup. We'll have Coach uh, Antoine on the phone again uh, a week from today and talk about that a little bit.
2: And next week it will be uh, – I mean, tomorrow we'll be talking again to Coach Terry Martin at about 8 o'clock. Last year, like Charles College Prep uh, did lose uh, only two games, in. and Westgate was one of those 28-12 uh, to 12. Last year, um, they did play, so uh, they also lost to a school out of Mississippi, Germantown High School, but other than that, they won uh, the rest of their games. Actually, two of them were forfeits, so uh, you had Hurricane Ida, that messed with De La Salle and Southwood, so uh, unfortunate situation there, but uh, dominating their district, that's for sure.
1: Uh, not, you're right about dominating the district. And uh, guess who else? Uh, I think uh, he said he'll be journeying from Lakeshore over to uh, Lake Charles this year. Is, uh, is, uh, but that the, was
2: for yeah. Washington Marion, I believe.
1: Uh, that's, you're right. I stand corrected. You're correct about that. I'm just looking through some of the uh, Louisiana High School top radio recruits in the state, and of course, uh, Westgate's. Uh, uh, number two, man, uh, I think the number two man on the list. Let me go to the state rankings here for Louisiana. And uh, um, Mr. Uh, Williamson, uh, uh, Derek Williams, rather, is the number two rated recruit behind uh, Arch Manning. Of course, they're both uh, committed uh, to Texas. Uh, elsewhere, I'm looking for uh, some other young men that uh, I remember seeing some with Louisiana College Prep. Just going, here's one uh, Curly Reed who's a six one 180 180-pound uh, uh, cornerback for, uh, for Lake Charles College Prep, uh, is uh, a player to keep an eye on if you do attend the game uh, for Lake Charles College Prep. He's rated in the top 20 in the state, so, you know, he's a fine player along with uh, Williams. And I thought for sure I saw another one from Lake Charles College Prep in the top 50 in the state of Louisiana, but uh, maybe I was thinking of someone else But uh, it should be an interesting matchup for him. And, uh, you know, defending state champ, you want to play against good teams and see what your team can do. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, take my hat off to Coach Antoine, and uh, he'll have another fine team this year. But a 1,000 people. At the uh, scrimmage. Uh, That's pretty impressive, Jeff. I can't remember. You know, if you get a few hundred for a scrimmage. Especially uh, a
2: Wednesday afternoon. Thank you. You know, I'm guessing maybe because of that it was easy for students maybe to hang around and watch. But probably uh, some heat. Uh, Hopefully they avoided the rain. Uh, There wasn't any reference to it. but. Um, don't exactly remember what was going on Wednesday afternoon, but, uh, that being said, uh, you gotta like that support.
1: Well, you know, I, and I can, a thousand people, I, I have a buddy of mine whose daughter, uh, uh, attends, uh, the South, uh, South, uh, uh, over in Youngsville. And, uh, she came to get some money from her dad <laughs> to go to the scrimmage. Uh, but a thousand people, I, I can't ever recall a thousand people being at a scrimmage, uh, that's amazing, too.
2: Yeah. And and it could have been a lot of Southside fans, too. True. And, well, and, you know, not a bad trip for them. His
1: granddaughter's one of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. amazing. She came to see Grandpa for a few bucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, just it, interesting. Interesting.
2: Insult to injury there. Yes. You know, you lose these kids to... <laughs> Youngsville, and then they come here and take our money, too.
1: Yep, you're right about that. Anyway, uh, hopefully it turns over. She spent it seven times. So yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anything else, headlines, uh, before we take another break?
2: No. Uh, I, I do want to pay tribute to Bill Lee, Spaceman,
6: oh, the former okay. Red
2: Sox pitcher who uh-huh. drove Don Zimmer crazy. He and uh, Bucky Dent uh, did not help his psyche. But Bill Lee had an issue. We, we can do that later in the show. Okay.
1: Uh, anyway, all right. Well, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this.
0: Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy.
2: The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern 9, to East Main, across from McDonald's, best drink prices into Berry. Domestic beer, now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Monthly bingo is back this Wednesday, 10 games beginning at 7. Four winners split the pot, and six others win a bar tab. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. And thanks again
3: for voting the Quarter Tavern, Best Bar, and more. This year is best of the tash. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Celebrating
1: 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're
2: currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or
4: call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs,
0: great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports
1: on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, Big Monday, August the 22nd. And, uh, Jeff, you know, off the air I was talking to you about um, a little bit uh, earlier before we went on the air about I was trying to find an article uh, uh, Friday evening. I was watching some of the Little League baseball games over in Williamsport, and uh, what caught my uh, fancy was how many major leaguers have uh, played in the Little League World Series and gone on to have a professional, a pretty good professional career. And they've got a few. And uh, the Little League started in 1947 up in Williamsport.
2: Let me turn my mic on. Yeah. I mean, the the World Series or Little League itself?
1: The, well, I think it's the World Series. I'm okay. not sure about Little League. But the World Series in Williamsport started in uh, 1947. And I don't know why. And I don't know if this is an omission. But I remember when the Reds uh, played in the World Series back in the day, there were a lot of talk about Joey Jay, who was one of the Reds' pitchers. Of course, they lost in a five-game series to the Yankees in 61. Uh, and Joey Jay was one of the better pitchers on that team. And uh, I always thought he – I heard he, maybe he just played little league baseball because I don't see his name uh, showing uh, that he played in the major leagues. But some of the players that come to mind, here's one for you, Ken Hubs. Second yeah. baseman for the Cubs, who was killed tragically after his rookie year, was rookie of the year in the National League and uh, sometime in the 63-64 series, somewhere up in there. Uh, the name, Boot Powell, played in the Little League mm-hmm. World Series. One hard
2: to picture him ever having been little. <laughs> That's
1: right. And, you know, they have an asterisk here, so I'm thinking that he played on a championship team back in 1954. Rick Wise, also a pitcher with the Phillies and the Cards, uh, was also on a national champion team. Hector Torres, who played with the Astros, I should say the Houston Colts back in the day, played on one of those Mexican teams uh, that played in the Little League World Series. Some other, Corny Lansford, the fine uh, player for the Rawls back in the day in Angels, mm-hmm. I do believe. Angels or A's? Uh, good, maybe it was both. Yeah, Maybe it was Lanky, both. Lanky uh, outfielder. Yeah, Lloyd McClendon, another one. Uh, Cub Pirate. Yeah, Charlie Hayes being another one. Uh, going, Gary Sheffield played with uh, in the Little League World Series and won it. He's got an asterisk by his name, along with Derek Bell, uh, played with him. So I'm sure there were teammates out of that Tampa uh, back in the day, uh, back in 80, 81. Uh, Dan Wilson, Wilson Alvarez, Jason Veritek for you Red Sox fans. uh, Played in the Little League World Series back in 84. Of course, a fine uh, player with the uh, Red Sox. Uh, Elsewhere, Jason Bay, a pirate uh, back in the day. Jason Marquis, a pitcher with the guy. Marquis played with a ton of teams. I want to say he played with the Cardinals. uh, uh, Played in the American League some. Uh, Brian Esposito was another one. Sean Burroughs, who was a big stick with the uh, Rangers back in the day, played ninety two and ninety three. Elsewhere, Jeff Frazier, along with um, other player Todd Frazier. also Lance Lynn, pitcher with uh, think Lynn still pitching with the White Sox right now. I'm trying to recall if Lance Lynn's still with the White Sox. Pitched with the Cards back in the day. Uh, back in I think he was on that staff that won in two thousand and eleven. You know, when they beat the Rangers. Elsewhere, Kobe Rasmus and Corey Rasmus. I think they're twins. They both played together in 99. Of course, Kobe made it to the majors, played with the Cards for a while, and they traded him to Toronto and kind of faded from there. Elsewhere, Ruben Tejara, uh, also um, trying to find names. Uh, Randall uh, uh I saw him hit a homer for, uh, who was it yesterday? He hit a homer for... Uh, He's still playing in the majors. Uh, Just some other fine players, too, uh, the list, kind of. Andrew Stevenson, who played in Lafayette, and LSU, who's up in the major leagues. I think he's still with the Orioles. Uh, Gavin Ciccini, out of Lake Charles, played in the Little League World Series. Scott Kingery, another one, played on that team with Ciccini. Uh, And Cody Bellinger in 2007. So uh, we've had a lot of good major league players that played in the Little League World Series. And... uh, and a lot of them have won both too.
2: Yeah, no, good for uh, those folks. Uh, Saw where Utah was eliminated. They're the team that lost um, the one kid who is apparently uh, doing uh, quite well in his recovery, and his oh, father yes. thinks his father thinks uh, it'll be a complete recovery.
1: Good. That's good to yeah, hear and too and for our 11, 12 stay year olds out of bunk
2: beds, but.
1: You're right. You're right. Uh, fell out of bunk beds. That would happen, I do believe. Yeah, and, uh,
2: big big uh, schedule today. Uh, their, their game had been delayed, but it was one of the ones that did get in when they resumed play uh, yesterday. But a couple of games are continuing from... Well, one is literally continuing. I think uh, Managua is leading one to nothing in the uh, top of the third inning as they play japan that game begins like at nine o'clock i'm pretty sure these are eastern times i'm looking at uh... in the mid-atlantic region not not in the mid-atlantic the mid-atlantic region team from pennsylvania taking on the metro region team from new york that'll begin at ten and asia pacific uh, region versus the panama region uh, that is at noon our time great lakes region out of illinois in the southeast region winner out of Tennessee at 2 today, and the Canada region team from British Columbia and the Mexico region team from Marmaros at 4 o'clock. And then um, what I'm told is uh, the the game to really look for. Uh, one of these teams probably expected to win at all. The West region uh, winner, Hawaii, uh, versus the Texas team, the Southwest winner, at about 6 this evening.
1: Yeah, those a lot of people need to understand the Little League World Series years ago Mostly comprised of, when I say years ago, I'm talking 50 years ago plus, comprised just teams from the United States. And when the Little Leagues decided to expand uh, and they brought in, it went all over the world, and they brought in the national teams, and now it's basically... Uh, you have two divisions almost. You have the international division and the United States division. And those two teams, whoever comes out of those two brackets, pays for the world championship. Uh, and So it would be a United States team, whoever that may be, against an uh, international team. And uh, the international teams at one time, especially out of Taiwan, yeah. dominated. Don't I mean, call
2: them Taiwanese, though. <laughs> That's it's true. A, come on. <laughs> That's true. We're, we're going to lose all our Chinese advertising.
1: <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, we'll see how that comes all uh, to the, with the finals. But a lot of good games. You all watch a good man. Watch these kids put out their heart and soul. And, and they're not major leaguers. but uh, And, of course. Uh,
2: Although, you know what? I, I've seen a lot of bad play. Yeah, in, in the games I have seen, and you know they're in such a spotlight they've never been in before. And I get their their nervousness, but I have seen a lot of bad play. Yeah,
1: yeah, like the two kids on first base.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> who's on first? Anyway, in the meantime, but uh, you see these kids give it their all. Of course, the team out of River Ridge, uh, what was that three years ago?
2: Two or three? Yeah,
1: yeah won the world championship. Uh, and uh, I, I try to remember Jeff Curtis, I think was one of the coaches on that team. Who's also f- mm,
2: that name. Yeah. Uh, Jeff uh,
1: Curtis out of, uh, John Curtis, uh, I think was, he's the head baseball coach at, uh, so I'm wondering how many of those kids he's bringing with him, <laughs> with him to John Curtis. In the meantime, uh, just little league baseball, keep an eye on it. So, uh, just a great time for these kids and all. So, uh, uh, pretty much uh i think they finish up the next this weekend i think the finals are
2: i would imagine that's the schedule
1: yeah so uh hopefully with uh the issues with rain and weather don't delay some of these games like they have over the last couple of days
2: i do believe so yeah, elsewhere in uh go ahead jeff i, I was wrong on billy l- l- let me do this get All this right. uh, okay. out of the way i i, I want to pay tribute to uh billy the former major league baseball all-star taken to a Georgia hospital after he collapsed in the bullpen while warming up to pitch for the Savannah Bananas in an exhibition game Friday night. Bananas president James Orton said he was able to leave the stadium with medical attention, was taken to a local hospital. Lee pitched for the Red Sox as well as the Expos during a 14-year career. It ended in 1982, was commonly referred to by his nickname, Spaceman. California native is a member of the Red Sox Hall of Fame after... Spending his first 10 seasons with the AL Club, his lone all-star appearance came representing Boston in 1973. A 119-90 record, 3.62 ERA across uh, 416 career appearances, uh, some 225 starts. There's a biopic about his life, uh, fittingly titled Spaceman. That was in 2016, Uh, starred Josh DeHamel and featuring former MLB closer Eric Gagne, among the executive producers, meanwhile, the Bananas have become a popular attraction in a similar mold to uh, baseball's Harlem Globetrotters. They wear bright yellow jerseys and bark in a series of annex and exhibition baseball games. ESPN, you may remember, produced a five-part series about them, Banana Land, which debuted Friday on ESPN Plus, ahead of the game in which Lee was slated to pitch. Oh, that game aired on ESPN 2. Banana is scheduled to play another banana ball game. Well, they did Saturday in Savannah. A separate uh, version of the organization by the same name actually plays traditional baseball in the Coastal Plain League, a collegiate summer league. But in 1980, Warren Zevon put out an album called Bad Luck Streak in Dancing School. It really shows his depth uh, as a writer of music, and I think he is still underappreciated, but... Uh, within that album, he recorded, it's a short song, uh, you don't have to endure it for long, uh, but Bill Lee, he titled it Bill Lee, and you got to listen to the lyrics and uh, appreciate uh, his take on the spaceman. said, play. You're supposed to sit on your ass and nod at stupid things. Man, it's hard to do. But if you shouldn't like and sometimes i say things i shouldn't like the last 30 seconds of the song is just uh, him playing the harmonica and piano on the way out but a uh, nice tribute to yeah. spaceman anyway the spaceman uh the only thing uh,
1: he, he, of course, here on his uh, professional baseball reference, he was born December twenty eighth, nineteen forty six. So he would make him seventy five. Birthday later on during the year during his major league career it was one hundred nineteen and ninety for a five six nine uh, winning percentage. I uh, had a ERA of three point six two. Won uh, most he ever. He won seventeen games in a row uh, uh, in seventy three, seventy four, and seventy five. With the uh, Red Sox, he ended his career in Montreal where he pitched for four years. Uh, never did, uh, never did see, uh, to my knowledge, never did see a World Series game uh, in that regard. Well, with Montreal, he no. went to the playoffs.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't know if up. that
1: was a sort of partial of a year or, or a full year.
2: I would imagine he was there in 81. Yeah, I
1: do too. Of course, the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series in 81 when they beat the they got their payback against uh, the Yankees. And that was historically the really uh, split season uh, with the Major League. Right, so, right. uh Cincinnati
2: just, had the best record overall but finished second uh, in both halves. That's so right. they didn't make uh, the playoffs. But yeah, Dodgers played the Expos uh, in one – well, no, no. It was – you had the, the divisional matchup. Uh, that's right. The Dodgers played the Astros, I think. And I think it was a pretty special – Series, if I remember it right.
1: It was. It seems. Was that the year that all those games went the extra innings?
2: Maybe um, so.
1: Just You're right. It was something different right. in that particular uh, 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 series and all. But going back to Bill Lee. Yeah, how lucky is he? It was uh, first responders' night at uh, the field uh, with the bananas. uh, uh, Oh Lord, you know. So uh, he was given a CPR and AED, which is automatic automated external defibrillator, was used. So uh, he's a very lucky man too in that regard that uh, he gets another chance. And the closest incident uh, that you know, firefighter. Uh, with uh, Lee's teammates in Savannah so uh anyway uh Bill Lee uh, hopefully we we'll, we'll see a probably a statement on him sometime later on today but uh, uh had a close call there yeah. over in Savannah wow just unbelievable uh, a special meantime,
2: baseball legacy
1: he has he he just a big time ambassador to baseball uh Uh, for uh, all of us and bill lee still throwing that left-handed and you know like most left-handers i included you always seem like their hats not on straight (laughs) it's always looks a little crooked for a left-hander so uh bill lee spaceman uh hopefully uh he recovers okay in the meantime
2: looking at a picture of him uh, must have been like an old timer's day at fenway park and bill lee in a red sox jersey but in an mp helmet (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's Billy. <Lee>. Yep. <laughs> oh, just amazing. He, but a great ambassador for the game, just like Buck O'Neill, uh, f- uh, was another great ambassador who finally made it to the Hall of Fame too, Baseball Hall of Fame. So good to him. Anyway, Jeff, um, maybe looking at any of our headlines, maybe before we take our next break. I'm
2: trying to think if I had tagged something. We uh, covered that. Uh, we covered. Gilligan, uh, I think we're good for the break.
1: Okay. Uh, You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with our final segment today in sports history right after this.
2: With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations See on Kane Radio and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center through 337 560 or go to answer to pain.com. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9, to East Main, across from McDonald's, best drink prices into Berry. Domestic beer, now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Monthly bingo is back this Wednesday. Ten games beginning at 7. Four winners split the pot, and six others win a bar tab. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris and thanks again for voting the Quarter Tavern, Best Bar, and more. This year's best of the tash.
4: Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240.
6: Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs. Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Oak.
4: So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on kane 1240com and catch the podcast the next day.
0: Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports
1: at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday morning, August the 22nd. And sitting in with us uh, with uh, Chip Shots early, uh, Teddy Slaman.
6: Yeah, it was a pretty big weekend, you guys, for uh, for golf. Uh, they had the U.S. Amateur and uh, also the uh, second leg of the uh, FedEx Cups. And uh, before I get into that, uh, condolences to uh, Tom Weisskopf and his family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Long-time great PGA golf pro. Lived under the shadows of Jack Nicklaus. He died. He was, I think, 79 or 80 years old. That's correct. But uh, I-, I can remember watching him in New Orleans when I was a teenager, 13, 14 years old. And uh, on, on the ninth hole at Lakewood, I'll never forget it. He's, he had black really shine shoes and black socks and a, some pink slacks and a white shirt with the old uh, undershirt underneath. And ever since then, I've been wearing those, those undershirts. Anyway, uh, he was a great player, but uh, unfortunately. So you,
2: you got to tell me, what is an A-H-A?
6: A-shirt. You know, an A undershirt? The uh,
2: Yeah, with the sleeveless. Sleeve, yeah. Undershirt,
1: sleeveless undershirt.
2: Like a wife beater, yeah. Better well, known as yeah, like that's that. yeah, pretty yeah, much. Okay, yes, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah no yeah, street. here. I could see here. it
6: through his, through his white shirt, you know. Sure, and and they wore it because they were sleeveless and it gave your arms more freedom of swing instead of just an undershirt. And then you know, it sweat. It protected the sweat from getting to your to your cotton shirts back then with nothing but cotton. That's you know? right. <laughs> Not these wickering shirts that uh, breathe. And anyway, back to the golf, Uh, I was flipping back and forth yesterday between uh, the FedEx Cup, which Patrick Cantley won, and uh, I think he's the defending champion of the whole FedEx Cup, and so uh, he's doing well. And then uh, the U.S. Amateur was pretty interesting to me and and to uh, the local contingent at UL because uh, the guy that won it. Sam, Sam, uh, Bert Bennett is from Texas A&M and he won the Louisiana classics UL's raging cages, uh, host tournament last year in March. Well, this year actually, but last season and, uh, he shot a course record. He shot three straight 66s and set the tournament record at, at Oakbourne. And I can remember, you know, I, I got the privilege of starting those guys on Tuesday. So I got to start him and, uh, He's not he's not that impressive, you know, if you look at his swing and how far he hits it and that kind of stuff, but the guy's got got the game and uh, I think he's going to make it on the next level anyway. He's the US Amateur champion and with that comes a lot of perks like playing in the Masters, That's US right. Open, British Open. And uh and then uh we mentioned Patrick Cantley. I, I I was more glued to the U.S. Amateur because you know I, I knew I knew I could watch next week the, <laughs> the final of the FedEx Cup. But uh, yeah, it was a big weekend for golf, and uh, I think we got locally the players got in some golf this weekend as we dodged the rain for pretty much most of the uh, the weekend. So uh, golf's about to wind down as far as uh, the PGA Tour and all the big tournaments are concerned. Of course, you got the Ryder Cup coming up. That's going to be in September in rome and you know what the is L- it I in be?
2: september because i thought um, i kept hearing 2023 is it considered the 2023 wow right you know
6: I, I i thought it was going to be in sept you know rome this year because it's an even number year the odd number years usually was a president's cup but maybe because of covid and uh, things think, like think i think you're right because of be covid yeah, yeah they moved so. it
1: back a year i'm pretty sure about that, that. could be it yeah. yes
6: yes well then we won't have we'll, we have a president's cup then right
1: I thought the Ryder Cup would uh, uh, usually the Ryder Cup was in the even years, wasn't right. it? Right,
6: but with COVID, that might have gotten skewed. Yeah, you
1: might be right. I might be correcting my at statement. Anyway, we're
6: going to have some. Yeah, there's one, or the, <laughs> <other>. there's <laughs> one yeah. or the other. There's one or the other. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but w- really, golf's about to wind down. With the FedEx Cup, you know, football season starts. People pay attention, obviously, to football. We all do. And uh, golf takes a back burner. But the, the the PGA Tour starts up again in October as the wraparound. I think this is the last year for the wraparound season as they're going to go back to a more conventional. In uh, January? S- yeah, conventional schedule. Yeah. So, know, yeah. Within a- I, so, so I, I can
2: confirm the 44th Ryder Cup matches will be held in Italy in the autumn of 2023. Okay. It was originally scheduled for uh, September 30th through October 2nd this year, but postponed uh, into 2021 due to the COVID pandemic. Okay, but again, you are correct. Marco Simone, Rome, Italy.
6: Italy, yeah, and I believe Zach Johnson is the uh, captain of the Ryder Cup for, for that year. And uh, I
2: forget who was named it after one jump to 54; they renamed somebody else didn't I?
6: Oh, well, that was for the Europeans. I think Luke Donald's going to be, because uh, uh, Hendrik Stenson bolted to the LIV, so uh, Luke Donald was uh, elected uh, captain of the European team.
2: So. Yeah, Zach Johnson, uh, U.S. team captain.
6: Okay.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, what's on tap tonight?
6: Well, that and a whole lot of other stuff, you know. I mean, I'm sure Box Corner, I'll be talking about the LIV a little bit. I mean, it's
2: it's i uh, I'm on— tiger 's uh talk with the uh, tour players earlier in the week,
6: yeah, that was pretty interesting, you know how he gathered them together of course i I looked at a few of the players' you know interviews and and they were hush hush on what actually was said, which naturally with tiger in the room, you know he commands he 's the alpha okay when he gets into a room but uh yeah that that was pretty uh, honorable about it about tiger you know showing his uh love and and respect for the game of golf and all its traditions that it brings, which the LIV is really a, a against or, or in opposition to. So yeah, that was pretty impressive, and uh, we'll we'll see what what goes what moves forward. You know, I think after next week, after this last leg of the uh, of the uh, playoffs. Some of the players are going to bolt. Now, which one? You know, if Cameron Smith, the Open champion, bolts, and, and a couple of the other big-name golfers, well, that's going to create a little bit of an uh, issue. And, and and also, you know, some of the younger players coming out of college, like Sam Bennett, you know. I mean, you wave that kind of money in front of these young players, it, it, it's hard to turn down. It's kind of like the NIL, you know. I mean, give me the money. You know, yeah. I'll play, but give me the money. Jerry
1: McRae said, show me the money. Show
6: me the money. <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, one
6: other little comic thing I saw on the on the TV as I was walking down here is that uh, during the third round of the FedEx Cup, some goofy uh, fan, if you can call him a fan, had a remote control golf ball and and somehow it got to the green while Rory was putting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> a remote control golf remote ball.
6: remote-controlled golf ball, and Rory took it and threw it in the lake. <laughs>
1: I did see that. I did see that. I was wondering why he was throwing oh, yeah. the ball in the lake. Did he
6: catch
2: the perpetrator?
6: I'm not sure. I, like I said, I, I didn't know anything about it because it was in the third round, and I ain't watching. watch any Yeah, of that, that's going to spark the, a
2: bunch of copycats, uh, oh, you know especially yeah. if the guy it's gets coming. away with it.
1: I'm surprised. Exactly. I'm surprised you had not seen the drones yet <laughs> over the Funny field. Stuff. Thank anyway, you guys. yeah, chip shots tonight, 5 o'clock with uh, Teddy and Boxcar Bajoroth, so stay tuned. Anyway, uh, as he's fighting with his headset here, uh, today in sports history, August the 22nd, in 1927, slugger Babe Ruth hits his 40th home run. That's the year he hits 60. Of course, he hit 17 home runs in the month of September. Uh, in that regard, 1933, Bill Vec urges the midsummer interleague games and in a split season. Wow, Jeff! Mm-hmm. Back in 1933, Bill Veck thinking way ahead of time. 1934, Boston Red Sox pitcher Wes Farrell hits two homers to beat the uh, White Sox three to two. The kicker, Wes Farrell, the best hitting pitcher in the major leagues. He, I think, he ended up clubbing 38 home runs in his uh, baseball career as a pitcher. 1946, baseball approves a 168 game schedule. In 1946, that was after World War II, but they later rescinded it. In 1950, Althea Gibson becomes the first black uh, competitor in the United States uh, tennis competition. Of course, she went on to win a couple Wimbledon's. In 1951, the Harlem Globetrotters play in Olympic Stadium in Berlin before 75,000 people. Wow! Anyway, 1957 heavyweight boxing champion uh, Pete. Remedar becomes the first contestant to win uh, the world title in his first professional bout, knocking out Floyd Patterson in the sixth round in Seattle. Elsewhere in 1959, on this date, American Football League uh, officially named in a meeting in Dallas, Texas. Charter members, Dallas, New York, Houston, Denver, L.A., and Minneapolis-St. Paul. Of course, that becomes the AFL when they merge into the NFL in 66. 1960, Gil Hodges sets an NL... Home run record for a right-hander with 352 homers. 61, Roger Maris hits his 50th of 60 home runs that year. Of course, he uh, went on to uh, had an asterisk pull by his name. Then it was pulled back by Faye Vincent in the 92 season, a year or two after Maris had passed away. 1965, I remember this incident well. Juan Marichal pulls out a bat and starts beating on John Rosebow on the head in a 14-minute brawl between the Dodgers and the Giants back in the day. Uh, Of course, the Giants and the Dodgers competing for the pennant. Of course, the Dodgers go on to win it. In uh, 1989, Nolan Ryan strikes out his 5,000th batter, and it's Ricky Henderson. Birthdays today, 1939, born on this day, Carl Yastrzemski, Baseball Hall of Fame left fielder for the Red Sox, born in Southampton, New York.
2: Grandfather to Michael. That's right. Who's playing
1: right now? That's right.
2: San Francisco.
1: That's right. And uh, Yastrzemski, I'm pretty sure was an All-American at Notre Dame, too. 1941. Born on this date, Dwayne Bill Parcells, NFL coach, two time Super Bowl champ of the Giants, Patriots, Jets, Cowboys, born in Inglewood, New Jersey. 1956, Paul Molitor, of course, uh, baseball infielder, seven time Major League All Star, MVP of the uh, World Series one year with the Blue Jays, born in St. Paul, Minnesota. And on this date in 1957, Randy Romero, jockey. Uh, Thoroughbred Racing Hall of Fame, born in Erath, Louisiana. Of course, Randy passed away, I believe, two or three years ago. Also bo- uh, born in Erath on this day, another jockey, Kurt Bork, American jockey, born in Erath, Louisiana. And they wonder why all the jockeys in this area, Mike Desormo, uh many of them included, but, but uh, the Calvin f- Borel, Two from
2: Erath were born on this day. Uh, ten same, years apart. Ten years apart, though.
1: Ten years apart. Anyway, the quote of the day by Angels manager Art Fowler. He said, look, throw strikes. Don't worry about home runs. Babe Ruth is dead. (laughs) Art Fowler was a pitcher with the Angels back in the day, too. So uh, that's our Today in Sports History. Jeff, don't know if you have a couple other headlines to wrap it up.
2: No, just, uh, again, a reminder. uh, Tomorrow on the show, uh, Terry Martin joins us at about 8 o'clock. Coach uh, Martin from Lauraville at 8 o'clock. But big thanks today, Ryan Antoine joining us. Down the stretch, Wednesday, we'll be checking in with Coach Rick Hudson from Highland Baptist on Thursday. Uh, it'll be Josh's, uh, Josh Learman from Nish. I was going to say Josh is uh, Nish Learman, but no, Nish's Josh Learman. So again, we'll look forward to that this week. Uh, also trying to get in touch with Coach Artie Lowe's in Delkham, preview the uh, Jamboree Thursday evening and uh, some other things as well. Certainly want to thank our sp- and we thank Teddy too for uh, jumping in uh, just a little while ago. Want to thank our sponsors including the Headache and Pain Center, LA Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and Schwing Insurance Big Thanks to